0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement
1: Radio. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a pretty interesting top ten for you guys today. Uh, shout-out to Colin McCormick over at ScreenRant.com. We are going to be discussing the ten best movies in which the bad guy ends up winning. Now, a Hollywood ending normally means that the good guys win, the bad guys lose, and everybody lives happily ever after, right? Well not in this particular case, you see, sometimes the antagonist pulls off the victory, and in this we are going to be discussing. Um, now, just like with every um, movie featuring the struggle between the heroes and the villains, sometimes the line between those sides can be blurred. But most films tell the story that convinces the audience to cheer for the good hero to overcome the evil villain. And while many movies deliver on that audience expectation, well, the hero doesn't always win. And there are very dark conclusions to some of your favorite movies. Um, It's fairly rare for the mainstream films to allow the villain to win, which makes it really shocking uh, to the moviegoer when they see it happen. Uh, In fact, some of the best movies of all time have had the bad guy end up winning at the end. Uh, That being said, let's not waste any more time. Let's jump straight into it with the first one on the list tonight. Uh, You got it, Chip? I will. And before we
0: get started, I do want to preface this. There will be spoilers.
1: Yes, I forgot to mention that. Yes.
0: (laughs) So If you have made it this far. And you don't want spoilers for movies that are, you know, a a few years old and older. There's nothing newer than like 2020 on this uh, list. Uh, So if you don't want spoilers, go ahead and stop listening now. Go watch the list of movies that will be in the description and then come back and listen to us talk about it. So, without further ado, we're going to get into number 10. And that is the movie Alien Covenant. Uh, So, the Alien franchise has always been dark. With most of the on-screen characters getting killed by the deadly xenomorphs. However, they have always let the hero of the story survive to fight another day. In Alien Covenant... A new villain besides the alien emerges with the android named David, played by Michael Fassbender, uh, who seems hell-bent on breeding the aliens. After David is presumably killed by his android doppelganger, Walter, the heroes defeat the aliens and escape. But, in the final moments, Walter is actually revealed to be David, who plans to use the hibernating crew to breed more aliens.
1: Oh, oh! yeah, plot yeah, twist! very much a plot twist. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, man, it was it was one of them. It was one of those uh, twists where it's like the typical uh, alien story, you know, just like you hear. Um, and this was 2007, I'm sorry, 2017. Yes. Um, uh, I, I want to say this was the sixth film in the franchise. I don't want to, I want to say it's the sixth. So let me go back. Uh, yeah, it's the sixth, it's the sixth film in the franchise. Yeah. Uh, But it's
0: the second entry in the alien prequel series. So they did, uh, four movies. And then they came back and they did uh, Prometheus. Yes. And then this is actual the actual sequel to Prometheus. Uh, they did it very Star Wars esque, where George Lucas did episodes four, five, six, and then years later he came back and did episodes one, two, three, and then uh, years later we got episodes seven, eight, nine. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, there. Yeah. I, I want to say there is a sequel to this.
1: Um, uh, I'm saying because yeah, as Alien was the original Alien was back in 1979. Uh, then there was Aliens, which was in 1986. Uh, Alien Three, which was 92. Alien Resurrection in 97. Uh, then they jumped way ahead in, in, in time. You had kind of had to wait for that whole thing to transpire. Then you had Prometheus in 2012, and then 2017 there was Alien Covenant. I believe, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, there's supposed to be another one. The, okay, so, so um,
0: there was um, in 2017. Um, they were working on a screenplay for Alien Covenant 2, however, uh, at the 2019 CinemaCon, uh, it was stated that after its acquisition of 21st Century Fox, Disney would continue to create new stories in the Alien series, however, um, the sequel is currently uncertain. So, the, the third in the prequel trilogy of the Alien series is kind of in limbo right now. We'll have to see what Disney does with that.
1: Right. And, um, but yeah, the, the movie in itself, like, when you actually watch it and you think, okay, yeah, the bad guys, you know, the aliens got beat, they escaped, and then you see Walter, or David, um... Michael Fassbender's character, and he's the one who is creating the aliens and creating the 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 breeding of the aliens to take over. You know, almost like he's like he's the only one who can control them, or in some respects. And you know, it, it's it's a weird god complex that the, that that he has. You know, um, it's strange, but you know, but yeah, but that was definitely one of those where you're like, oh man, like why didn't like, he fooled everybody the whole movie, and it was crazy to think that way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I enjoyed the movie. Did you Did you see the movie? Did you enjoy the movie? Um, I did not see the movie.
0: Uh, I think it's on HBO, so, no. Uh, matter of fact, I don't think it's on HBO since it's owned by Disney now. I think they pulled all of the uh, 21st century Fox movies off of HBO because HBO is owned by Warner Brothers you know that whole debacle of you know my shit can't go on your shit because then I ain't gonna make no money right
1: Uh, but yeah whatever that's Uh, why that's why that's why Law and Order SVU is no longer on Netflix they pushed it over to uh, Peacock mm -hmm. so I mean hell ain't like there's not there's ain't like there's not six conglomerates running all of the streaming services anyway right uh, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I, I
0: don't know because uh, that may have dropped down drastically since uh, Warner
1: Brothers and Discovery just merged. So right. <laughs> so you would have, so what you got, Viacom, Warner Brothers, uh, NBC Universal. I don't know. <laughs> we'll be getting to a whole lot of different talks about something. Right. All right, but anyway. Nah, uh, alright, so let's move on to the next one. Uh, the next one is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, one of my favorite movie. series of all time. It is the movie Saul from, ni- from the year 2004. The gruesome horror film opens with two men waking up in a basement with their legs chained to the wall and a dead man on the floor in the middle of the room. They eventually realize that they are captives in the serial killer Jigsaw's game. who who puts victims through torture tests to prove they really do cherish life. Well, after killing uh, the man they think is Jigsaw, one of the men actually saws through his own foot and goes and gets help. Then the dead man in the middle of the floor wakes up, revealing himself to be Jigsaw. As the surviving uh, competitor screams, Jigsaw just screams simply, Game over! and closes the door behind him we talked about this on, on the plot twist episode, man, it's still to this day. That is one, in my personal opinion, I don't know about a lot of other people. That is the most, one of the most iconic horror themed things in cinema. Like, I don't know how to describe Like that, that that scene of him closing the door, you know, and the guy is still screaming inside, you know, you're, you don't know what his fate is. I mean, you obviously assume that he, he dies but yeah the reveal at the end at where he cut where he reveals that he is jigsaw at the end is just insane at least he had the wherewithal to say the key to the chain is in the bathtub at least he gave him that option to be like hey if you want to get out of here there you go um yeah, but, right but how you feeling about this one
0: dude I love this movie and I actually I am a huge fan of this entire series right uh, i own all nine of the movies that have been created so far um, you know saw 1 2 3 4 5 mm-hmm. 6 um, saw 3d which is actually the seventh one the the jigsaw movie that's supposed to be a prequel um it's all about like the jigsaw killer himself right not, uh, and then spiral uh which i think it's a really underrated movie chris I rock haven't really seen it shows yet. yeah chris rock really shows some some real acting like it's not a comedy and he's the main character uh that's really good uh so and then i'm waiting on they they're currently working on a 10th uh, one um in, in the series and uh so as of April of 2021, um, they it, it was put into development, and a script was finished in December of 2021. So I'm just waiting on them to start filming that, right? Um, but yeah, I can see it's it's really weird. Like I would say that's probably one of the best horror series in like of the, the 21st century in, in my opinion um you know yeah. and it's not your traditional hack and slash like it's it's one of those movie series where like that shit could really happen there's somebody out there demented enough to come up with these
1: uh test and yeah. games and things yeah that that's the whole that's what's the, the whole time I was thinking is like You know, like a lot of critics call it, oh, this is torture porn. It's people like, no, you want want mainstream torture porn? Watch Hostel. Hostel is fucking torture porn. Right. Um, Fucking, you know, there's a whole lot of other movies out there. The the B-rated shock, you know, shock, uh, shockumentaries or whatever they are. That's a whole lot worse than Saw ever was. But Saw does it in a way that it's more psychological than it is torture porn if that makes sense yeah because like what you said shit like this could really happen you know and there could be somebody out there who if they had the means to do it could fucking do something like this and it's like how much do you value life oh shit like uh, you know can you and it puts people and like we said we've talked about it on previous episodes it puts you in a situation of could i do this Right. If I was put in that situation, could I do it? And unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> there's people. Unfortunately, there's people who probably would say, "Oh, I could probably do it," until they're in that situation, and then they won't know what to do. You know, that's. I mean, that that's that that's that's the psychological part about it. Right. I mean, you know, talking about just the the first song movie.
0: You know, could I I saw my my foot off? Uh, Sitting here, I don't know. I honestly don't know that I could sit here and saw my own foot off. Uh, You know, but if I was in that situation and it was literally life or death, and I knew, all right, if I don't do this, I never get to see my kids again, I probably could. But
1: you know not being in that situation I don't know yeah that that's that's one of those uh <clears throat> that's one of those situations where you're like I don't know and many people would probably have that same uh, reply honestly um so let's move on to the very next one you got it I do
0: uh next up we're gonna go all the way back to 1995. In another really, really good movie, uh, we're going to talk about The Usual Suspects. Did uh, you finally in- watch it? Hmm. Yes, I did. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, uh, but so in The Usual Suspects, a disabled and timid criminal named Verbal Kent is interrogated by a detective following a bloody shootout of which he is the only survivor. Now, through flashbacks, we learn that Verbal was part of a group of criminals forced into working with a mysterious crime lord by the name of Keeser Soze. The detective eventually pieces everything together and realizes that Verbal's friend Keaton was Soze, and used Verbal as a pawn, but after Verbal is allowed to leave, the audience sees his limp disappear, and it becomes clear Verbal's in sti- entire story was a fabrication, and that he
1: was Kiser Soze all along. Yeah, the whole—it's so interesting because, like, during the movie, the whole time he's sitting there, he's having the interview with him, and. The one, the, the one um, quote that I think everybody quotes from this movie specifically is Kevin Spacey looking at Detective and he says, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And when you hear him say that, what he said in that moment ties into the whole entire movie. You know, yep. because as verbal Kent, he was really Kaiser Soze and they didn't know you know, so he, he made it to where it's like he fooled everybody, he fooled Keaton, he fooled, like, he fooled everyone, and you don't really realize it, like, okay, he's like, okay, we we see that happening, oh, he, he, oh, okay, the, the, the right guy got it, you know, looks like Verbal was gonna get let off scot-free here, wait a minute, wait, he's walking straight, I thought he had a limp, Oh shit, and you know he's lighting up a cigarette, hops in the car, drives away and you're like, this motherfucker pulled a fast one. Wow. Yep. Like it it was the it was the strangest thing, man. And and dude, they and they picked a damn good cast for this movie too, man. They I mean they I mean you had Stephen Baldwin was in it, Benicio del Toro, um you know, Kevin uh, Pollock was in the movie as well yeah, and they were so good. Yes, and this was before they were really big
0: actors,
1: you know. Yeah, really. Uh Gabriel uh, Byrne playing uh playing playing Keaton in the movie. Like he he did a, mm-hmm. he did a damn good job in the movie too. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean the whole fabrication of, this, of the story and yeah, that it was and, and it was kind of told from like a narrative standpoint too. You know what I mean? Like he's right. te- he's doing the story in the interview and he's describing like, we're actually watching it happen, you know, so as he's telling the story. So, it's very narrative, but it's narrative coming from someone who's tricking. So, not only is he duping the detective if we want to go playing, you know, breaking that fourth wall, he's playing us the audience as well, you know. Yes, That's why I think that the movie is so, the movie is so underrated for its time. Um, and the budget for the movie was $6 million. And it grossed $51 million at the box office. You know, right. letting you know that the people really, really wanted to see this movie. Um, it got rave reviews at the 1995 uh, Cannes Film Festival. You know, like, really, really good movie. I, I recommend it to anybody. Go see The Usual Suspects. Um, then it, it says that it now has one of the most memorable lines in all of cinema. So, yeah. what were you going to say? I, I was going to say, there was a remake of
0: this in 2005 called uh, Chagalat uh, now this is uh, an Indian, Indian Hindi language uh, so I don't think it was released here in America uh, no it was, it was uh, released in India um, so uh, in the plot of it it says following the September 11th 2001 attacks in the US an explosion in a motorboat shatters the peace on Christmas Eve in London. Uh, following this incident incident the incident is a daring robbery on an armored vehicle carrying billions of pounds. The police suspects two Indians, Pippi and Sim. They are interrogated uh, I can't talk. Interrogated <laughs> extensively amidst allegations that they may be linked to the Al Qaeda. Uh, so, and and I don't want to read any more because I haven't seen this, but, and it will spoil.
1: Yes. It will spoil. Yes. Yeah. You definitely don't want to, you definitely don't want to, uh, spoil anything if anyone hadn't seen it. But then again, we're spoiling the movies that you have most of the, most of the, I mean, if you, (laughs) yeah, spoiler alert for a movie that's, uh, you know, over 30 years old at this point. Um, but yeah, usual suspects guys, go check it out. It's a very good movie. The next movie we're going to talk about is a movie called The Vanishing. This is all the way back to 1988. Now, while this film might be a little more obscure, The Vanishing is a twisted thriller worth seeking out. The Dutch film follows a man whose girlfriend goes missing while they are on holiday, and he spends years obsessing over her disappearance. Eventually, the man is contacted by the kidnapper, Who tells him he will reveal what happened to his girlfriend only if the man experiences it himself. The man's obsession leads him to agree. And he even drinks a drug tea. The movie ends with the man waking up, buried alive, in a coffin, and the kidnappers going unpunished. What the fuck, man? Yep. Wow. Wow. I've never seen this movie I I, man wow (laughs) I'm gonna look this up real quick how you feeling? I I don't know if you've watched it or seen it or not but how you feeling about this one
0: uh this is
1: (sighs) yeah wow (laughs) yeah in Dutch (laughs) it's called uh, Spore Loose loosely translated into Traceless or without a trace yeah um it's basically about a man who searches uh, obsessively for his girlfriend following her disappearance at a rest area. Um it says that it was in, in The Vanishing was released in o- October of 1988 and received positive reviews. Uh they tried to remake it in 1993. Um uh in English in 1993 uh the remake was poorly received. Um, in fact, it was uh, it, uh, it features Jeff Bridges, Kiefer Sutherland, Nancy Tom, Nancy Travis and Sandra Bullock. Um, um, I wonder why it was poorly received. I bet that I don't know. Uh, I do not know either. According I, it says to the reception, watch. yeah, according to the reception, it says the remake was very poorly received and almost universally seen as an inferior to the original with particular criticism. ...for its new happy ending. Uh, Variety calls it uh, schematic and unconvincing. And Time Out's Nigel Floyd calls it a misjudged, lumbotomized Hollywood remake. Damn. Wow. It says Mark uh, Komode summarized, The original was about the banality of evil, but the remake became about... The evil of banality. Wow, this movie is a mess. And salon.com uh, named this movie one of the worst remakes of all time. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, rotten Tomatoes, uh, it only holds a 49%. Yep. Metacritic had a 49 out of 102. And it was mostly mixed and average. But yeah, but if you go back to the original one, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean we've talked about it we've talked about it before on previous episodes like I think that's probably the worst way to die one of the worst ways to die is being buried alive and slowly suffocating slowly losing consciousness you know Uh, I don't even think it'd be peaceful to be honest with you I think it'd be the worst feeling ever um it says uh, Raymond takes Rex to the rest area. He dismisses Rex's threats of police action, saying there was no evidence connecting him to the crime. Pouring a cup of drugged coffee, Raymond tells Rex the only way to learn what happened to what happened to uh, Saskia, Saskia, I think that's how it's pronounced, is to experience it experience it himself. As Raymond waits in the car, Riggs rages, Rex rages, unsure of what to do. After digging up the coins, he and uh, Saskia, buried years earlier, he drinks the coffee and wakens, and awakens, buried in a box underground. On a sunny day, Raymond relaxes at his country home, surrounded by his wife and children. The newspaper sitting in the car featured a headline with a double disappearance by both Rex and Saskia. Wow. So, <laughs> Yeah that happened <laughs> very very uh, very very evil um there now the reception for the for the original one it says that the vanishing received international praise at the time of its release it was released in the united states in 1991 and made the national board of reviews list of the t- of the top uh foreign films of 1991 uh it said the washington post praises the first uh advocacy of uh, cliches noting that it was refreshing, refreshingly free of uh, manipulative scenes involving running bath water, jagged edge cutlery and bunnies and saucepans don't know what the fuck that means um, if anybody knows let me know because I have no clue what the fuck that means <laughs> uh, Variety declared the film to be the ultimate tribute to Alfred Hitchcock daring to offer up an ending that goes beyond even the Masters memorable climaxes oh wow yeah, I mean that's high praise saying that you uh, you think that that it goes beyond something Alfred Hitchcock could conjure up. Because uh, let's be let's be honest. I mean Alfred Hitchcock was a pretty you know sick motherfucker, and some of the stuff that he did uh, um, for sure. Yeah, you know I think that's one reason why Eminem uh, dedicated that one <laughs> that one music to be murdered by. Uh, which, by the way, go check out the, uh, the the latest episode of Rap Rewind. You'll see what we're talking about. The latest um, two episodes. latest two episodes, yes, because we got A-sides and B-sides. Um, that being said, though, yeah. Uh, so how, how are you feeling about it now after all the reviews and receptions and stuff?
0: Uh, I, I don't know that I've ever seen this movie. That's what's boggling me. Like, it sounds familiar, but I honestly don't know that I've ever seen it.
1: Yeah, The Vanishing from 1993, um, I've never heard of it, to be honest with you, and like, they said that it was received bad because it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like the original, because they made it, I guess they made it, like, more where the, where the, the, the bad guy gets his in the end, because it says right here it says believing that he was buried alive um she digs him out but they thought at the last minute with Barney who was the bad guy Jeff climbs out of his grave kills Barney with a shovel and embraces Rita he sees another grave and finally accepts Diana's death I'm guessing that's the girl girl. Um, Jeff and Rita reunite as a couple and sell the story as a novel for publishing yeah that's yeah, that's, <laughs> like, reading the synopsis of this, I'm like, eh, should I watch it? Should I not watch it? I don't know. I mean, it's got a, it's got a kind of a, kind of a macabre end to it. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I don't know. Uh, and it's all based on a novel. All based on a novel. Uh, by Tim McCraby. I want to say that's how it's pronounced. He is a, uh, he is a Dutch journalist, novelist, and chess player. On why they threw that in there but okay that being said let's move on to the oh yeah let's move on to the next one you got it oh sorry yes
0: you good uh so the next one we're gonna go back to 2007 no country for old men uh now this is a uh it's a, a neo-western crime thriller mm-hmm. um but uh it says that the, the Coen Brothers' No Country for Old Men is largely a chase film in which a man named uh, Lelwyn Moss is hunted by a relentlessly cold-blooded killer named Incon, or Anton Chiguru, Uh after Moss steals drug money. And through the movie... It seems to be building to the inevitable showdown between those two men. However, Moss is actually killed off halfway through the story. And with Moss gone, Chiguru is able to collect the money. And he even kills Moss's wife, making good
1: on his threat. Yeah. Yeah. If if you want to know something very interesting about the uh, Anton Chigurh in this uh particular movie, uh Chris Jericho in I believe it was uh one of the WWE uh documentaries um about him when he came back and he did like the where he was wearing the suit, spoke very eloquently with the words and things of that nature. He he talked about how he wanted to do the Nick Bockwinkle kind of character with the suit and everything. And the very like low key, very dark side. You know, like that's when he, seen Old Country for Old Men and Anton Shagur, If you have ever seen the movie, it's a very, he's very he's very very evil, but he's also very low key, kind of very recluse. If if you if you if you've ever seen the movie, then you'll know that it's very, it, it it's, it, it is a weird weird movie from the standpoint that is so cringy from the standpoint that my God, I mean it it's entertaining, but God, it it, ugh, it bugs you that they didn't meet up at the end. You know what I'm saying? When Moss right. and Anton Shaker didn't meet up in the end. Um how are you feel how are you feeling about it from the from from that standpoint? Uh yeah.
0: Um it's it's one of those movies where when you're watching it you're like man this is really getting good. Like, they're gonna fucking, at the end, they're gonna, this is gonna be a fucking fight to the death. And then, Omos, he, uh, he dies. And you're yeah. like, oh, um, what what the fuck just happened? And you realize that that was only half of the movie. And yeah. it keeps going and going. And you're like man what is gonna happen it draws you in you know because then now you're wondering what in the fuck is gonna happen
1: and then yeah Shigru uh, gets away with it all <laughs> yeah it, i mean it, i'll just read the last part it says you know uh the night as it says moss received the case from the rio grande and arrives to meet Clara Jean at the motel in El Paso, where he plans to give her the money and hide her from danger. Clara Jean is approached by Sheriff Bell, played by Tommy Lee Jones, who promises to protect Moss. Uh, Clara Jean, Clara Jean's mother, unwillingly reveals Moss's location in a group of uh, Mexicans telling fr- telling them. Bell reaches the motel rendezvous. At El Paso, only to hear gunshots and spot the pickup truck speeding up, speeding from the motel in the parking lot. Bell finds Moss dead, as does Clara Jean, who arrives later that night. Bell returns to the crime scene and obs- observes the the, the uh, lock blown out. Shagger <clears throat> hides behind the door after retrieving the money. Bell. Uh, enters Moss's room and sees a vent removed. Later, Bell visited his uncle Ellis, an ex-lawman, and tells him that he plans to retire because he feels overmatched by the recent violence. Ellis replies that the region has always been violent. Uh, weeks later, Claire Jean returns to her mother's funeral. Returns from her mother's funeral and finds girl waiting for her in their bedroom. Per his threat to Moss, she refuses the, his offer of a coin toss for her life stating that he cannot pass blame to luck. The choice is his. Chigurh checks his boots as he leaves the house. As he drives through the neighborhood, a car crashes into his. At the intersection, breaking his arm, he bribes two young waitresses for their silence and flees on foot. Now retired, Bell shares two dreams with his wife. In the first, he lost some money his father had given him. In the other, he and his father were riding through a snowy mountain pass. His father had gone ahead to make a fire in the darkness and wait for Belle. Yeah, so basically the worst that ever happened to him was that he got into a crash, got his arm broke, and then that was it. He just walked away. Like, that's how you end that movie. Like, really? Yep. <laughs> that's the way you end it? Walk off into the sunset. <clears throat> yep. Interesting. You want to know something strange about this movie? And I had I didn't know this until I was reading this. Uh, 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 Llewellyn Moss was played by uh, Josh Brolin in this movie. The role The role originally was offered to Heath Ledger, but he turned down the role to spend time with his newborn baby daughter, Matilda. Yep. So that's why he was not in the uh, the role. Um, Javier Bardem uh, who played, uh, Anton Chigurh, uh, he ended up, I believe he ended up winning a, Oscar- no, no, yeah, okay, let's see, for the movie, he received an Academy Award, a British Academy Award, and a Golden Globe Award for his role in the movie, uh, so, yeah, that is, uh, that is him now, <laughs> but yeah, Woody wow. Harrelson's also in it, for those of you who want to see it, Woody Harrelson's in it, um, you know, pretty. It, it, it's a, I'd recommend. I'd recommend it to to anybody who who wants to see it. Very old school kind of you know, movie. Um, and it was directed by the Coen Brothers. So I mean, obviously, anything the Coen Brothers does is pretty good. Um, very very Quentin Tarantino esque. If you think about it, like that's kind of what. Like yes. You get the feeling of Quentin Tarantino in this movie. But like I said, the Coen Brothers have always done. Amazing work um, with all the movies that they've done. Um, you know, they, they of course they they they're the ones who did. You know, No Country for Old Men. They're also the ones that did Old oh Brother Where Art Thou. Uh, the the remake of True Grit was one. They've done um, a lot of films. The Coen Brothers. They're yes.
0: really good.
1: Yeah, uh, I think back. I think uh, the first one I remember they did Blood Simple was their first one, but the first one that I remember. Was the movie Fargo in 1996? That's the first one I remember. Uh, this um, and this and that was before they did Big Lebowski. Yeah, um, well, before that they did Raising Arizona, which was a really good movie. Yeah, I, I have not, I have not seen that movie. Yeah, I've never seen Raising Arizona. I may have to, I may have to check into it. You should watch that.
0: So if you like the Big Lebowski, uh, Over the World, Thou, um, No Country for Old Men uh you should definitely check out um raising arizona and the uh hudsucker proxy hudsucker proxy that sounds
1: that sounds weird but i'll i'll, I'll, try, I'll try, definitely check it out uh you know who uh, tim
0: you know who tim robbins is right yeah so he's he's uh, in the hudsucker
1: proxy okay yeah first time i for tim robbins first time i remember anything with him in it was him and martin lawrence and nothing to lose right You know, that was the first time I've seen it. But anyway, all right. so let's move on to the very next one. The next one... So, wow. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back from 1980. Now, the Star Wars films are perhaps the clearest story of good versus evil possible. But in the second movie, or the fifth installment, however you want to do it, it dealt the biggest shock to our heroes. Now... Throughout the movie, the heroes are separated as Luke trains with Yoda while Han and Leia try to evade the Empire. In the end, Han Solo is captured by Darth Vader and frozen in Carbonite. To make matters worse, Luke fights Vader and loses his hand before being told that Vader is his father. In one of the most misquoted... Yeah, I was fixing to to go there. In one of the most misquoted lines... In all of cinema. Now it is a dark and grim way to leave the story. However. It sets up. For the end of the trilogy. Uh, yeah I mean. If you're talking about just a movie by itself. Just as a single movie. Yeah the bad guy won in this situation. However. In the overall arc of the story. Yeah the good guys prevail in the end. So it's okay. But. But like what we talked about, it was one of the biggest plot twists in the in, in because it's like, like what you said, it was misquoted. He was like, Luke, this whole time says you killed my father. And he goes, no, I am your father. And he's like, no, it ain't possible. Like, I'll ask you, I mean, because we were I mean, very, very young when we seen these films um, and Malachi just asked me a couple of I don't know, a couple of days ago, he said something to the effect of, you know, Daddy, you guys talk about Star Wars sometimes. I like to sit down and watch them. And I'm like, okay, I'll sit down and watch I- I down and watch it with you. And I asked my dad, I'm like, and I'll ask you the same, the same question I asked my dad, and I'll see if you guys have the same answer. I asked him, I said, Malachi wants to start watching Star Wars. Where do I start? Do I start at episode four or do I start with Phantom Menace? Where do I you start?
0: Have, you have to start with episode four. Because if you start with the Phantom Menace, it ruins. It ruins the shock at the end. Yeah, it it ruins this movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Because if you if you watch, uh, essentially episode one, two, and three, uh, Phantom Menace, Attack the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith, you you watch Anakin grow up and become. Darth Vader in the end uh, Right So then you know Like Oh shit okay This is Darth Vader Darth Vader is Luke's father uh, Cause it even shows Like at the end of three Spoilers For you know something going back that far uh, it, it shows you know them getting Luke and Leia off planet and hiding them out. So, you know you you have to start with for uh, a New Hope and then go to The Empire Strikes Back, followed by Return of the Jedi, and then you go back to one.
1: Okay, so you would so you would do the original three first. Mm-hmm. Let let him watch it the same way we watched it. In a sense, you have to, or it ruins
0: it. It, it ruins me, the, it, ruins it, it yeah. ruins it, ruins that that scene right there where Luke finds out that Vader is his father and everything. Like, okay, it, it just and, and then okay. even in Return of the Jedi, uh, it, it kind of ruins that with Vader flipping. And going against the Emperor to save Luke. Right. Because, right. Okay. you know, if you if you watch it, you're like, fuck, what's gonna happen? And then that happens, like, then you go back and you watch the 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 rise of Anakin Skywalker per se. You know. Right. And how yeah. he, he was he wasn't always this dark, demented, evil guy that force choked people for no reason and all this. Like he was, you know, a fun loving kid that was kind of plucked from his home and everything.
1: Right. So, yeah. All right. Well, okay. I got a good starting point then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, my, my dad, dad, dad said, you know, you know, if, if if i wanted to we could do it in chronological order if you chose to but it would ruin he said it would ruin the surprise so yeah maybe i maybe i will start him off in four uh and then go four five six then one two three and then go seven eight nine um because yeah. the seven eight nine it's uh i know the last one is the last jet is uh the last scout is it the last skywalker or the last jedi the last jedi the Last Jedi, okay, and seven and Rise of Skywalker is the eighth one, or is right, it the seventh? On. No. Uh,
0: hold on. Is the Rise you got me Skywalker thinking now. The last one. Here. Hold on. <sighs>
1: Let's see.
0: It goes. Gotta re
1: rack our we re rack our brains on this one. Yes. Uh. It goes.
0: Skywalker Saga. Uh, episode nine is The Rise of uh, Skywalker.
1: Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Yeah, that's so, that's the last one. Okay. So episode Okay, episode one is the Phantom Menace. Correct. Then there's Attack of the Clones. Correct. Then there's Revenge of the Sith. Yes. And then there's Then there's New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Yep. And then it's Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. Correct. There we Uh, go. Now, and there's Rogue One and Solo
0: in there somewhere. Well, Rogue One is in between... um, In between three and four? I think it's in between three and four. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, that is correct. Uh, Rogue One is... Yeah, it's a prequel to 4. Um, gotcha. Which a lot of people think this is the best Star Wars movie ever made. I won't say it's the best. I will say that it's really good. And uh, it, it's it's another one of those movies where the bad guy wins in the end. If you haven't yep. seen it, please go watch <laughs> it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then um, Solo is, I want to say that's pre, um,
1: pre-episode four as well. Almost like it's the two movies that are connecting the universes together, pretty much, or connecting the timelines Uh, together, pretty much. Almost, yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. The, it's it's definitely pre four. It's in between three and four, um, because it's a young Han Solo and a young uh, Chewbacca. Although in the movie, uh, in Solo, Chewbacca is like around a hundred years old or something. But that's young for Wookies, right. right? And then you have all the the uh, series that kind of go in there as well uh, with uh, the Clone Wars, which is in between episodes two and three, Uh, you have um, the Bad Batch, Rebels, um, and then you've got the Disney Plus series of The Mandalorian. Boba Fett, uh, the new Obi Wan that's fixing to come out. Like, there's plenty of Star Wars out there. Please go watch it all. I, I implore you because Star Wars is one of, if not my favorite film franchise ever.
1: That's just me. They uh, even they even have a, they even have a uh, uh, what's the name of the movie? I'm trying to think of it. It's it's the it's the one where he call, he calls the one guy a Kirk loving Spock sucker oh uh, uh fanboys that's what it yes. was fanboys yeah I love that um, movie too yeah it that's it, it's got a set it has got a sad ending but it's also uplifting toward the end I guess uh uh it, it's it, it's it's bittersweet it, I'll put it that way it's, it is bittersweet ending um that being said bubble let's move on to the very next one this next one uh is is it you?
0: Uh, We're going to go all the way back to 1999, and we're going to talk about the movie Arlington Road, which features Jeff Bridges, the aforementioned Tim Robbins, John Cusack, and Hope Davis. Um, So in Arlington Road, uh, it stars Jeff Bridges, a man living in the suburbs who begins to suspect his neighbors are hiding a very dark secret. As his suspicion grows, others begin to see him as losing touch with reality and becoming erratic following the recent death of his wife. Now, the man finally discovers that the neighbors have planned to blow up a government building and he rushes to stop it. However, he's too late and he realizes that they used him to get the bomb inside the building. The bomb explodes, fulfilling their plan, and making it look like he, an innocent man,
1: was responsible all along. Wow, trippy, dude. Yeah, th- that's that, that that's crazy. Wow, um, did th- wow that, that, that that's crazy. A- at one point, I'll go ahead and read like a couple of the last uh, few paragraphs. It says, Michael sees the delivery man at the gate to the FBI building and illegally uh, pursues it into the security parking garage, but discovers that it is a very different van and is empty. Witt tells Michael that he is the only unauthorized person in the building. Michael rushes back to his own car, discovering a bomb in the trunk seconds before it detonates. The blast part... uh, Partially collapses the FBI headquarters as Oliver watches from a distance, Oliver being the Tim Robbins character, Michael yes. Jeff Bridges character. Um, a montage of news clips which portray Michael as a lone wolf terrorist seeking revenge on the FBI for his wife Leah's death show that the Langs have successfully framed him. Statements from Michael's students, one of whom is a conspirator, support the official story, giving accounts of his erratic and paranoid behavior, and implying that he has held in dangerous grudge against the FBI since his wife's passing. Grant, uh, uh, which is a which is a Grant Faraday, uh, played by Spencer Clark. Uh, now orphaned, moved in with relatives unaware of his father's innocence. In the final scene, Oliver and Cheryl, played by Joan Cusack, have put their house up for sale and prepared to move to another suburb, suburban neighborhood where they will plan their next terrorist attack as as well as look for another fall guy to take the blame for their group's actions as they did with Michael and others before him. Wow. Uh, how are you feeling about this one, Bubba? Uh I, I
0: I remember watching this movie. Um I went through a phase when I worked at the video store where I would rent everything that I hadn't seen. Right. And um watch it because hey, I got free movies. So I would get all the the first run movies, the day they came in, and then watch those, so I could then tell people about them, and then I would go through and watch all of these older movies, so I could recommend older movies for people uh, that, that came in, you know, we had quite a few customers who would come in, and they would rent, you know, four or five movies on a weekend, and they would want something older that they hadn't seen yet Uh, so I went through you know and watched tons and tons of movies Uh, now mind you this was A before I was married and B before I had two kids so I had a lot of free time to watch movies right Um, but yeah I remember watching this and when it like the realization of what happened came to me at the end I was like oh wow like
1: it's another one of those movies like it could happen yeah it really could um now it says here um in the wikipedia article it says that the film tells a story like what we said of a george washington university professor who suspects his new neighbors are involved with terrorism and becomes obsessed with foiling their terrorist plot only to be uh implemented in it now the film was heavily inspired by the paranoid culture of the 1990s, mm-hmm. uh, mostly concerned with, uh, right wing militia, uh, movements, uh, Ruby Ridge, uh, Waco, Texas, uh, the Waco siege with Branch Davidians and David Koresh and the Oklahoma city bombing that took place, uh, back in, uh, April of 1995. Um, when, uh, Timothy McVeigh, uh, blew up the buildings and, um, yeah, that was very extreme, uh, that was very much extremism, uh, and, uh, people said the motivation was also retaliation for Ruby Ridge and, uh, the Waco, Texas Siege of the Branch Davidians, um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it kind of, I kind of got a, as I watched it, you know, later, it was, I don't know, it was probably maybe late 2000 late early to, in the mid2000s when I've seen it whatever type, whatever it was um it did kind of seem like this is kind of like not wake I, w- I wasn't thinking Waco but I was thinking like Oklahoma City you know what I mean right so it did have that kind of a like ugh, you know uh, you know and you know the, he was the fall guy and yeah <laughs> What better way to to get, you know, rid of the guy who's suspecting us than blame him for the, you know, blame him for the crime, you know? Exactly. But anyway, so the next one we're going to talk about um, is a movie that I'm sure everybody has seen at this point. And if you haven't, then, you know, it's I'm sure it's on it's on uh, Disney Plus. Look it up. Avengers Infinity War. From 2018. Now, after being teased since Phase 1 of the MCU, the Avengers finally face off with Thanos in Avengers Infinity War. The Mad Titan quickly proved himself to be a formidable enemy as he attempted to collect the Infinity Stones and wipe out half of the universe. The Avengers band together to take on Thanos and stop him from carrying out his horrible plan. However, he, prov- he proves to be too much for them, and with the snap of his fingers, half of the universe, including some pati- some very uh, some prominent. very uh, prominent thank you some very prominent heroes, are exterminated. The film ends with Thanos smiling, satisfied at, a- at accomplishing his mission. Um, yeah, man, God, you me I... I Spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it, but yeah, I mean, go back and look. I mean, Spider-Man was gone. Uh, uh, Black Panther was gone. Uh, who else? Got, who else? Who else was gone? Help me out here, Bubba. Who else? Who else left? Uh, I mean, shit. In fact, I'm just gonna look Winter, it up Winter Soldier. Uh, Winter Soldier was gone. Uh, was it Groot? Groot and uh, Rocket were both gone. Yeah, I like there was a bunch, there, so yeah. many I that I I couldn't name them all. Uh it's Nick been, Fury was Yeah, Nick Fury was gone. Yeah, Nick Fury was gone. Um let's see. Uh yeah, Winter Soldier was gone. Uh Black Panther was gone. Um Yeah, that I mean it, I mean he half of them were gone, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um and it was so like, no, like, what, 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 what's happening? You know. Uh, and, and when you watch it for the first time, you're thinking, how are they gonna bounce back from this? Like, what's gonna be the like, what's, what's gonna happen? You know what I mean? And it was, it was insane the way. And then uh, what happened here, translated into Endgame. You know, the next one. And that itself was just, that one was a little bit more of a happier ending than than uh, than Infinity War was. A little um, more. A little more. I mean, there, there was still a, it was, it was still somewhat um, bittersweet in a sense, uh, you know, not going to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, then again, we're ruining uh, Infinity War for those who have uh, or haven't seen it, but you know. Um, but yeah, how are you, how are you feeling about this one, Bo? I, I, so I'm not a huge
0: Marvel fan when it comes to like comics, but I love their movies. Right. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, their movies are phenomenal. Uh, I, I can't say that I've seen a bad one. I'm sure there's one out there, but you know, in my mind's eye, they're all really good. Uh, I would say except for the Eternals, that movie was kind of bland. Yeah, I never seen the I've never seen uh, the Eternals, so I don't know. Uh, For me, the best part of that is the introduction of the new Blade character. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, So. Yeah, Yeah. all y'all know Blade came Blade came first. Just to let y'all know, I'm a bit. (laughs) No one, no one, everyone said, oh, we don't know if a Marvel superhero will, will, uh, would sell out at the box office. Blade did that, you know? And yeah, Blade's not, he's not Iron Man. I know he's not Iron Man. He's not Captain America. He's not Thor. He's not the Hulk. I get it. But that, but, but Blade was still, it's, it's still one of my favorite movies. Blade is awesome. The first Blade, um, Second blade was okay. Third blade was alright, but the first blade movie to me was one is 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 great to me. So
0: yeah, but maybe that's just me. Now I want you to be completely honest. When that movie came out, did you know it was a Marvel movie? I did not. Okay, I'm not. But I did not know until much later.
1: Yes, but then I realized, as, as
0: most people did not, they just looked at it as another vampire movie. And during the time that Blade came out. Vampire movies were the hot commodity.
1: Well, oh, probably so. yeah, because due to Dracula and due to a couple of other ones that are mm-hmm. that were out there at the time. Um, and then the and then and then you had other uh, treads like the zombie thing has zombie the, the whole zombie phenomenon kind of came and went already. Um, in, in a sense, yeah. I mean, because I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Walking Dead is not really as. as as, i don't think walking dead is as popular now as it was back then i, I don't think it is um i might be wrong but i don't know um I, I i feel like it's just filler for the last season i think for from a lot of what from what i've seen um but you know but it's all right <clears throat> excuse me all right that being said though let's move on to the next one on the oh boy yeah go ahead yeah uh, this is one, one
0: of my another one of my kind of all time favorite movies
1: what's in the box
0: Uh, exactly what's What's in in the
1: box box?
0: go ahead go ahead so we're gonna we're gonna jump all the way back to 1995 and the movie 7 so in David Fincher's 7 a brutal serial killer carries out carries out horrific murders based on the seven deadly sins as the killings progress the two detectives Somerset and Mills uh, which were played by Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman uh, they find themselves no closer to stopping the serial killer known as John Doe Uh, however before the last two murders are complete John Doe turns himself in. He agrees to reveal the final two victims to the detectives based on the sins, envy and wrath. Doe has a box delivered to the detectives containing the head of Mills' wife. In a rage, Mills executes John Doe, fulfilling his final two murders and completing John Doe's twisted mission. Wow. So, so yes. Even though he died in the end, he still won because he, yep, he completed the seven deadly sins.
1: Yes, he did. Uh, it, it's golly. I, I mean, just running running it through, man. It's like okay. It. So, so for those of you who don't know the se- the seven deadly sins. For those of you who do who don't know what they are. The seven deadly sins are gluttony, greed, sloth, envy, wrath, pride, and lust. Those are the seven cardinal sins, de- seven deadly sins, whatever. Um, and he, he, this this John Doe character, kills based all is, is based all around this. Um, <clears throat> so real quick, and it ain't a, it ain't but a short read, but I'll go ahead and explain it to you. It says, soon-to-be-retired detective Lieutenant uh, William Somerset, played by Morgan Freeman, is partnered with a short-tempered but idealistic detective, David Mills, played by Brad Pitt, who has recently moved to an unnamed large city with his wife, Tracy, played by Gwyneth Paltrow. It says, Somerset and Mills investigate a set of murders inspired by the Seven Deadly Sins, a morbidly obese man Forced to eat until his stomach burst, representing gluttony. A uh, criminal defense attorney killed after being forced to cut a pound of flesh from his body, representing greed. Clues at the murder scenes lead them to suspects uh, to the suspect's apartment, where they find the third victim, a drug dealer and child molester, strapped to a bed, uh, em- emasculated and barely alive, representing sloth. The third victim is in critical condition and, un- and unable to respond to Somerset and Mill's questioning. daily, f- uh, daily photographs of the victim all th- uh, taken over a year shown the, c- the crimes were uh, planned far in advance. After forming a friendship with Somerville, I'm sorry Somerset well, I said Somerville uh, Tracy <laughs> confides to him that she is pregnant and has yet to tell Mills as she is unhappy with the city and feels like it's no place to raise a child. Somerset sympathizes, having had a similar situation with his ex-girlfriend many years earlier and advises her to tell Mills only if she plans to keep the child. The detectives use library records to identify John Doe and track him to his apartment. Doe flees and Mills gives chase, during which Mills falls from from a fire escape and injured his arm. Mills, uh, Searches the truck before being struck in the head with a tire iron. While Mills is incapacitated, Doe walks up and holds him at gunpoint for a moment before escaping. The apartment contains hundreds of notebooks revealing Doe's uh uh psych- psychopathy psychopathy. Why the fuck I say psychopathy? Uh psych psychopath. Why the fuck can I talk tonight? I I was having the same problem earlier. Psych psychopathy. Fuck it. That's what I'm gonna say. It as well as um, a clue of another murderer. The detectives arrived too late to stop a man forced by Doe at gunpoint to kill a prostitute by raping her with a custom-made bladed strap-on representing the sin, Lust. The following day, they attended a scene of the fifth victim, a model whose face has been mutilated by John Doe. She was given the option to call for help and live disfigured or commit suicide by taking pills. The choice was the latter option, which represented pride. And at this point, as, as Somerset and Mills return to the police station, Doe unexpectedly turns himself in, covered in blood of the unidentified victim. Doe offers to confess his crimes, but only on the condition that he escorts Somerset and Mills to a secret location where the victims, representing envy and wrath, presumably buried. Otherwise, he will plead insanity. Somerset is weary, but Mills agrees. During the drive, Doe expresses his lack of remorse for his crimes, declaring that his victims deserved to die, and professes himself to be a martyr chosen by a higher power to shock the world out of its state of apathy. Doe also makes cryptic Threatening remarks towards Mills, who maintains his belief that Doe is simply insane, and then we get to the part of the twist where Doe's uh, Doe directs those directions to lead the detectives to a remote desert location. Minutes after the arrival, a a a, a delivery van approaches. Mills holds Doe at gunpoint while Somerset goes to, to intercept the driver, who says that he is instructed to deliver a box. To these coordinates, Somerset opens the box and there, in a sudden panic, tells Mills to back away. Doe reveals that he himself represents the sin of envy and he reveals re, he re, uh, envied Mills's life with Tracy and implies that the box contains Tracy's severed head. He goads Mills, telling him that uh, Tracy begged for her life and the life of their unborn child, and reacts with surprise and delight when he realized Mills was unaware that Tracy was pregnant at the time. Despite Somerset's warning, and enraged Mills fulfills his own role as Wrath and shoots Doe fatally and repeatedly, completing Doe's plan. Somerset and the police captain watch as the devastating Mills is taken away. When the captain asks he, where he'd be, Somerset says he will be around implying that he will not retire in a voiceover saying, Ernest Hemingway once wrote, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. So right then and there, you could just tell like, like my God. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it was a, it, it was one of those movies, man, that just, I mean, you you had all the sins represented. Um, You had greed, you had gluttony, you had sloth, you had uh, lust and pride. You had the final two, which was envy and wrath. And, like, he completed it. And even though uh, Mills shoots him in the head several times, at the end, I'm not saying I wouldn't have done the same thing, though. Mean, me, yeah, me, me neither. And he gave him. He, he, it was like, it was almost like John Doe knew. Okay, like I'm fixing to die, but my plan will still be carried out. You know, it, yep. it, it's, it's so twisted. And again, this one is psychological from the standpoint that this shit can really happen. And that's the scary thing. You know, like people's like, like, I, like, I think what, those what? are my,
0: those kind of movies are my favorite kind of movies, which is really weird. Right. But like when it comes to a horror movie, I want some shit that
1: could really happen because that's what's going to scare me. You know what? You know what? You know what's so strange is that. People like I don't want to watch Jason Voorhees. I don't want to watch Freddy Krueger. I don't want to watch Michael Myers. I don't want to watch Chucky. I don't want to watch Ghostface. Those movies, I, I, I'm just not a, fa- I'm just not a fan of those movies. Those those movies don't, you know, I don't like those movies. But they'll sit down and they'll watch, they'll binge watch, uh, stuff about real serial killers, like, really? You know, the fake monster on TV, you know, doesn't, you know, that that doesn't scare you, the real-life serial killers scare you, but yet you watch the real-life serial killers. Right. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I I, the I, serial killers, just hack and slash. That's all fake. You know, like, why would I worry about... Them? Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I seen this one... Do- uh, I didn't watch the documentary. I seen the trailer for it. It was called... A sleeping awake or something some something like that I can't remember what it was but it's about this guy and this girl they had this great life together and he wakes up and she's dead and all the evidence points to him and it turns out that he killed her while he was sleepwalking like what the fuck it, it's a weird doc- I'll, I'll shoot you the link to it dude it's a weird ass documentary dude it yeah, really is something I'd like to to check out yeah, definitely. <clears throat> now, we go to the last one of the night, and we're going all the way back, ladies and gentlemen, to 1974. A movie simply known as Chinatown. Now, in one of the greatest entries in a noir genre, the classic film Chinatown stars Jack Nicholson as Jack Gillies. Uh, I'm sorry a private detective investigating corruption at the highest level in Los Angeles. He eventually targets a wealthy man by the name of Noah Cross and attempts to take him down. Jake tries to help Cross's daughter escape her abusive father only for her to be killed instead. In the final moments, Jake realizes that Cross's wealth protects him and that justice for a man like that is simply impossible uh i've never seen chinatown before obviously this this was way before my time this was again in the 1970s uh 1974 to be precisely um it was a, a roman polanski movie so i mean anyone who knows roman polanski like him mean, he does have some uh some good uh films that he directed um, he directed the Ninth Gate. He directed. Uh, he directed uh, the 2005 uh, Oliver Twist. Um, uh, he, he did. He, he did, He's the one that did Rosemary's Baby from 1986. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he he does a, a lot of a lot of interesting uh, movies. <coughs> Excuse me, but yeah, how you Have you have you seen Chinatown, Chip? I, I have not. Okay. I have not, so I, I can't have, I can't form much of an
0: opinion on it, other than uh, with Jack Nicholson being in it and Roman Polanski directing it, like it's it's got to be
1: good, right? Um, it says here that the American Film Institute places this movie Chinatown as the number two movie in the top ten mystery films in uh, of all time when they did the poll back in 2008. <clears throat> uh, so I'm, I'm not going to give you the whole synopsis, but just understand that uh, Jack Nicholas's character, Jake, uh, arrives for, for the woman to flee to Mexico and instructs Evelyn to meet her at her butler's home in Chinatown. He summons Cross to a Mulray uh, home, to settle their I to settle their deal cross admits his intentions to incorporate the Northwest Valley into the city of Los Angeles then integrate and develop it uh, Jake confirms that the bifocals he found at crosses and are crosses and accuse cross of murdering Mulway Excuse me uh, cross has uh, Mullif Hill, Take the bifocals from Jake at gunpoint. Jake is then forced to drive them to Chinatown, where Evelyn is waiting. The police are already there, and they detain Jake while Cross approaches Catherine, um, identifying himself as her god her identifying himself as her godfather. Evelyn shoots him in the arm and starts to drive away with uh, Catherine. The police open fire, killing Evelyn. Cross clutches the hysterical uh, Kathleen and leads her away. Escobar orders Jake to be released. One of Jake's employees lead him away from the scene, telling him, "Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. You know, like it's Chinatown. You, you, it, it don't matter. They're gonna, they're gonna do what they're gonna do anyway. You know, um, right." Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's one of those movies, man, where, you know, it's like, it's more of like internal corruption, you know, the, you know, if you're, you know, if you're not, if, you know, the 1%, you're inside the matrix, all that good stuff. Um, But yeah, so, so how are you feeling about this one so far?
0: Uh, I mean, I'll probably go give it a watch, uh, now, which is really weird, you know, since it's been spoiled, uh, but it was just something that wasn't on my radar, uh, right? Of, of
1: movies to watch, so right. I mean, it is it is pretty cri- uh, critically acclaimed. Um, it, it won uh, the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay, um, it also won a Bodie Award for uh, Best Non European Film. Um, for the British Academy Awards, it actually won uh, best film. And, uh, it w- it was nominated for best film and actually won best director. Uh, Roman Polanski did. Uh, it was also best screenplay. Uh, also best actor, including role of Jack Nicholson. Um, the Golden Globes Award, the Golden Globe Award, it it pretty much, it was nominated and with, uh, Best Drama Picture, Best Actor in a Drama, Best Actress in a Drama was the nomination, Best Director, Ron Polanski, Best Screenplay, so it, it's definitely up there as far as one of the best, um, mystery films of all time. Um, in fact, it was actually, a matter of fact, let me see where it said it was, um, ranked numbers on the on the 100 greatest quotes in movie history uh, the quote forget it jake it's chinatown is actually ranked number 74 all time oh wow uh, as one of the greatest quotes of all time ta- what greatest movie quotes of all time um i'm trying to see i'm pretty sure the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist i'm pretty sure it's on here somewhere um, if not, then it should be because it's still, you know, uh, one of the greatest lines ever, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> number one on the list is, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yes. Clark Gable and Gone with the Wind. Uh, number two is, I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Um, number three is, you don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. Marlon Brando from On the Waterfront Toto, I got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore from uh, The Wizard of Oz. Here's looking at you, kid. Humphrey Bogart from Casablanca. Go ahead and make my day. Clint Eastwood from Sudden Impact. All right, uh, Mr. Duvall, I'm ready for my close-up. Gloria Samson from Sunset Boulevard. May the Force be with you. uh, Harrison Ford from uh, Star Wars. Fasten the seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Betty Davis, all about Eve. And you talking to me? Robert De Niro's character from The Taxi Driver. So there you go. I we'll have to make it... We'll have to, we'll have to do a list on all these quotes and maybe rank them ourselves. I don't know. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but as we wrap up tonight, Bubble, which of these 10 movies did you think was the more interesting of the two in terms of the bad guy winning in the end? I mean, they're all...
0: In my opinion, they're all pretty interesting. Um you know you should watch them all uh my favorites would be uh, seven saw these are in no particular order right uh seven saw uh, empire strikes back of course right and uh
1: Infinity War. Right. Uh, I'm going to throw in Arlington Road just because it was so different than, than some of the other ones on our list. You know, uh, it's almost like, oh man, these people played Jeff Bridges' character. Like, it's very, it's very dark in a sense. And also, No Country for Old Men as well is also very dark. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes the bad guy wins. And, you know, you know sometimes it's like oh man I wish I wish they'd make like a a part two so that we could see the bad guy get his and unfortunately it it don't happen like that unfortunately alright now
0: here's here's an intriguing question for you All right, go ahead is there a movie that you enjoyed where the bad guy wins that is not on this
1: list uh, let me see. There is one, but I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Can you tell uh, me who was in it? John Cusack was in it. Uh Matter of fact, I bet you anything. If I just type in John Cusack, I can. Okay, John Cusack. Uh, filmography. Uh, where is it at? I know it's. I know it's a movie that's close to. Identity. That's what it was. Identity. I okay. think it's identity. Let me see if that's is that it. Uh, with
0: John Cusack, Ray Liotta, Amanda Pete. It's about it's about
1: it's about a guy with split personality disorder. Um, I, I think that's identity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He yeah, had split personality. Yeah, because they're all in this hotel. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it Ten says strangers.
0: with the hominin. Go ahead. Yeah, it's uh, loosely based on an Agatha Christie uh, who done it kind of novel. Um, right. So, uh, speaking of Agatha Christie novels, uh, before I reveal mine, I want to talk real quickly about Audible.com.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: <clears throat> Just for being a listener uh, to Movement Radio, we are offering you right now 30 days free for Audible. Tri- audible.com. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash movement radio and you get 30 days free. That's one free book uh, to listen to. Uh plus you can listen to um there's a lot of free move or free books on there that you can listen to uh podcasts that you can listen to you could listen to us on there if you wanted to. Um but yeah definitely go to audibletrial.com forward slash movement radio to check that out. Uh, and while we're at it, also we have a brand new sponsor. Uh Sponsor is Anime Gear. Uh, so if you love anime and you love shoes, this place is perfect for you. They take um, anime and paint them onto shoes at, at a very cheap rate. Um, there, It's $99 per pair of shoes. Uh, some of the best looking shoes that I've seen Come from come from
1: anime gear, uh, and yeah, and this yeah, it's got. I'm sorry, let me catch off, Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, uh, yeah. I mean, if if there's a specific type of anime that you're looking for, uh, you know, they got a lot. They got Bleach. Uh, they got, uh, you know, they got uh, Dragon Ball. They got um, Hitman Reborn, Sailor Moon, Tokyo Ghoul. Uh, you know, Death Note, they, got, they have a whole plethora of shoes to choose for. And if there's one particular one that you don't have, if they don't have for, you can request, you know, an order of different ones. Um, I'm actually looking at the Tokyo Ghoul ones right now. They are pretty sweet looking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh,
0: so, all you have to do is go to www.gearanime.com forward slash movement radio uh, and, and let them know that we sent you uh It doesn't cost you any more or any less just to let them know that we sent you. And we do get a 5% uh, commission for each purchase. So that will help us out with uh, getting new equipment for better shows for you guys. Absolutely. Uh, But now back to uh, movies where villains win in the end. One of my favorite movies of all time. uh, The Inside Man with Denzel Washington and... um, Clive Owen. Clive Owen, yes. Uh, That is a... Man, such a wonderful, wonderful movie. Uh, And I recommend you go watch that
1: yes absolutely it was i mean it was really a good one i think we've talked about it on previous episodes Mm -hmm. just how how just brilliantly cast it was and also just how amazing it was cinematography wise and edited and everything else like that yeah it was a pretty cool movie uh yeah go check out all 10 films that were on this list tonight also inside man also identity just they're all good movies they all got good twists to them and even if you know the twist ahead of time if at any point you kind of get immersed into the story and you kind of can't forget exactly what happened like it'll still it's still you know it's still good for you you'll still enjoy the movie i think that being said though ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning into this episode of movement radio we hope you guys enjoyed it uh chip anything you want to say before we bounce out here tonight As always, check out
0: movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio.
1: Special shout-out to all of our friends in this endeavor with us, all of our sponsors. Shout-out to Sean Thompson at Thompson Personal Training, Jerry and Jennifer at the Chronic Conversations podcast, Andrew with Sean at the Warrior Workout Network, Ivan Montanez, twitch.tv slash Unleashed Demon, our good buddies at These Ninjas Podcast, Sean Miller with Should I Watch That, not to mention audible.com, And also uh, AnimeGear.com as well. Thank you guys so much for the sponsorships. 24,000 downloads. We're getting close to 25,000. I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, How close are we, Bubba? I think think we should be close to 25,000, correct? Uh, We're 400 downloads away. 400 downloads away. Let's see if we can get that going, ladies and gentlemen. Um, And yeah, man, uh, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Go check out the poll that we have on our Facebook page right now from the Movement Radio fan page. Uh, We have our poll for our next rock retrospective. Um, You know, go check out the poll on the page and see if, uh, and also share the, share the page, share the link, share the poll. Um, If you guys want to, you know, we are, we're doing everything we can to uh, pursue more, uh, engagements with other uh, other podcasts other audiences uh venues and things of that nature you know just trying to expand trying to get out there you know spread the word you know spread the love uh, of movement radio and uh we uh you know hopefully you know we'll grow continue to grow and you guys continue to grow with us and again it's all because of you guys that we that we do this anyway you know we love you guys we appreciate you guys we thank you guys we will see you guys next time chip let's hit them with the outro Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment,
0: share, and subscribe on your favorite
1: podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe and click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And this is Movement Radio God's Plan.